This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. This is Rowan with Preggers Can Be Choosers, and I'm one-third of Preggers. And uh, let's see, I'm a CPM here in Houston, Texas, and this episode is dedicated to remember it is only temporary and we are extremely strong and it's a phrase from an activist guide to basic first aid it's a zine that mary got for me or that mary has in her collection so uh, that's today's theme it is only temporary and we are extremely strong so that's what i know i'm fine i'm painting the airstream well actually i hired a friend to help me paint paint the airstream so i've got paint on me i'm a little bit tired but other than that life is good who wants to introduce themselves next? Hey, I'm Caitlin. I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And last week was rough. I felt myself like going into a deep, dark hole. I don't know. Um, it was everything. But today I woke up out of my deep, dark hole. So I don't know. Um, I think it's just like the roller coaster of quarantine and the rest. So it's like just ups and downs constantly. And right now I'm in an up. So I'll take it. Hey, I'm Bev. Um mother of four. My youngest is seven months and she's going through some kind of sleep regression phase, teething really bad. Um, We're staying up until like two or three in the morning most nights. And so that's not fun. But um, luckily my older kids let me sleep in sometimes. (laughs) So like 8.30 or 9. I don't know. We've been going through some stuff, but I'll save that for later. Uh, Just happy to be here. Hey, I'm Adila, mother of three. And I am like eight and a half months pregnant. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I don't know what else to say. Same old, same old. It's like Groundhog Day here. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. I'm shooting a text to a couple of our regs to see if they maybe forgot that we're going right now. So, doing that. And uh, for people that I know. And, Adila, what kind of gown you're wearing there? You look really good. It's just one of my many robes from Tajay. <laughs> like, what fancy place are you buying that? Oh, Target. Okay. Yes, yes. No, it's Tajay, Rowan. Come on now. Tajay, excuse me. Excuse me. Don't let my time in so I don't know. Um, yeah. That's not true. Target was one of the first people to have, like, a whole pride section, you know, and but they didn't have it in every store, so you had to know where the gay-friendly stores were. And there would be people in there like, oh, I can't believe this. And, that, you know, everybody else is like, sweet, rainbows, you know. Like, so thank you, Target, for supporting. Well, Bev, do you want to start, or does anybody else have anything that's pressing? Except for in this magazine, for those who didn't hear, I'm looking at zines and researching uh, how to make a zine. So uh, this is the Warrior Crowd Control and Riot Manual. And so far it says, uh, prepare for a riot confrontation with riot police. It also says how to do a slingshot, do surveillance. Um, Mary's kind of a prepper. Here's how to make a Molotov cocktail. (laughs) These aren't things that are going to go in my zine. But um, here's a really rad one. It's, um, I'm showing it to you guys. It's an herbal abortion. And it's from Last Word Press. 
And I think like zines are cool, you know, because it makes this little piece of information that if the internet ever goes down, we're gonna have to go back to having books and zines. Um, but this is real handy. I think that this is something you could give somebody. And you know what I like about this one here is on the inside, it had like, if you were doing a self-termination, it has a chart. And one of the things I wanna put in my zine is a chart for when you're going to uh, prenatals, you can write your own blood pressure and stuff like that down. So you kind of like have a, you know, you can always get on your online chart if you have electronic medical records. But say something goes down and you need to go to the ER or whatever, you have your charts right here. Well, you know, I'm DBS negative or I have whatever. So that definitely will feature in mind. So maybe not the Molotov cocktail recipe, but for sure some type of charting situation. The next one up is hand-to-hand -hand combat. <laughs> oh, getting ready. Okay. so. Uh, if anybody wants to share, but why don't we share with you? Oh, and uh, for those who noticed, uh, Zoom finally gave us the the Zoom finally gave us the recording, so I got that up, and it was so good, Caitlin. Like you're like we're all crying with you, and it was really emotion based, and it was really um, I think really gonna mean a lot to people listening later. So I appreciate you being so vulnerable, and I appreciate that we talked about things that maybe they don't talk about in other zines that aren't. Um, another podcast that aren't focused on gender blurs or whatever it was just a good parenting conversation so those of you who haven't uh listened or heard that one it was the episode that said uh, damage control otherwise known as parenting that's what that one is so go back and listen to that okay uh tiffany's here and then we were gonna hear what you have to say Beth. that's kind of what i'm thinking but as always it's your group Hi, I'm Tiffany, um, just joining. Mom of two, um, we live in Baltimore and we're in the midst of moving and packing and hopefully moving into our house on May 29th. So what's shaking? What's the topic? What are, what's, what's going on? What I miss? Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk, after birth style. Uh, well, I just need to share something. Um, I don't even know, I don't know how to say this or like how to start it off, but I know that I've mentioned in here before that my seven-year-old daughter has, uh, she's on the spectrum and um, she was diagnosed I, like three years ago, I think. Um, and when she got diagnosed, they wanted to put her on medicine and, and do this and that. And I let them run like one test to make sure that she wasn't like having seizures. And then that was it. Like I didn't want her to go through a bunch of like unnecessary testing or medications. And I just, I never brought her back to the doctor again. And I just wanted to like move on with her lives and like understand, you know, her brain, but not um not put her through anything unnecessary basically and i wanted to just like live as normal of a life as possible um but the older she gets the more i'm realizing that um i guess i feel like i've done a disservice to her by pretending like life is normal when it's really not um she came to me the other day with some concerns that like you just never want to hear come out of your kid's mouth and she has a lot of stuff she deals with anger like really on on a different level and um she started explaining to me like what goes on in her mind when she gets angry and um basically mentioned like voices in her head and that she, you know, there's someone bad in her head telling her bad to do bad things basically. And then someone else good in her head telling her to do good things, but the bad one always takes over and she can't control herself after that. And um, she went into a lot more detail and just, it sounded very haunting. And um then shortly after that she left for her dad's house so she was gone for three days and i just was you know sitting here like 
it was all I could think about. And um, I wanted to like talk to her more, but I couldn't because she wasn't here. And I reached out to someone that someone else that I know who's she has two kids on the spectrum and um I don't know I just I know that I need to find her some kind of help I'm trying to figure out like where's the best place to take her um she needs like some kind of she needs something and I don't know what it is yet and I need to figure it out and like I said I just feel like I've um, I've like done her wrong by, by not getting her help. I know, um, I just didn't know this was going on. And so I'm in the middle of all that, just trying to figure out how, how to get her help. So that's, what's going on. Well, you've done something right because you left a chain of communication open that she came to you when things are getting too hard for her and she's starting to be able to have words to put to it. So just because you didn't understand it before doesn't mean you didn't do something right. Because you did. You did do something right. She came to you and said, Mom, I need help. So you did that right. And asking for help is sometimes really hard. And, you know, that's another thing that you're doing right for her. Because you know that this right now is out of your scope. So, you know, asking for help is another good thing that you're doing. I'm thinking a little bit about, there's a tarot card. It's the moon, I think. And um, it has that kind of, it represents the story of the wolf that you feed, you know, like the dog that, you know, it's, it's a fable, but the dog that's chill and domesticated and can navigate society. And then the wolf that's, you know, like a wild card and not able to navigate. And, you know, in this part, it's the bad one. But the wolf that we feed, I think I'd start there with talking. Like as you gather whatever resources you want as a parent, you can say, you know, a lot of people might feel the same way and it's the wolf that you feed or like I always taught my kids, you get more of what you pay attention to, which doesn't mean we shouldn't be paying attention to medication or whatever other avenues of support you want, but we get more of what we pay attention to. And the more energy you give to something you you know, and worry and, and hyper-focusing on something that you don't want is like a prayer for that, right? So, um, so we need to pull all our tools, and some of it is um, where do we want to focus our attention and our energy? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, like I started having obsessive thought loops when um, my mom died, and I like didn't even realize what it was. Like I managed to mention it to my sister, and I was like, I don't know why I can't stop thinking about this, and she was like, Oh my God, you're having obsessive thought loops. This is what happens when you have a sister who's a doctor, right? Um, so she said that to me and I was like, fucking fuck, that's exactly what that is. And now I can recognize like I have other obsessive thought loops on times of stress or duress. And so um, I know how to manage them now and kind of, oh, this is an obsessive thought loop. Um, but I have a friend who has that, um, what is it called? Mary knows what it's called, where you like can't see seed pods, like a lotus seed pod. It's like it's this really common phobia that you'll see a lot of like horror stuff plays into that and like she was like don't you have that oh do you have that Bev you know what I'm talking about and so she was like telling me about it I was like what I don't think I know about this she goes don't look at a picture don't look then you'll think about it all weekend and you'll be so upset and I was like okay and so then I looked at a picture and I was like okay that's mildly weird but like it didn't trigger me but like I understand the power of like I'm not gonna think about that I'm not gonna think about that and then of course that's all you can think about right so um, as a parent, as you gather your external resources, I think that's a piece to start saying to her is when she's feeling like the, um, the negative thoughts or whatever are overpowering her. It's like, let's put more attention to what you do want. That's like the you know, basic first level 
skill set as you figure out what other tools you're going to use as far as you know allied professionals. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I like we're all just sitting here going, huh, okay. <laughs> Letting it ruminate around. I'm trying to use context clues to figure out what it was because I came late. Not doing very well. Um, I recently learned that um, spectrum things present themselves differently in women and girls than they do in boys and males. So I, some, somebody else posted something that, to that effect and th they're saying that that's why uh, girls and women go undiagnosed for so long is because it doesn't present itself as what most people see in boys because the things that present themselves in, in girls are different, which I didn't know. Um, I have limited experience with people on the spectrum, ADHD, autism. Um, so that was like something new that I found out. Um, I don't know if anyone else knows other women or girls who are on the spectrum because that might be your best resource as opposed to a more generalized .org website or something like that. Yeah, I actually don't know any other girls or women that have been diagnosed. Um, my brother is on the spectrum and I know that, I mean, I've, I've been able to talk to him about it a little bit and, and they definitely have a lot of the same traits or issues or whatever but um there's also other things that are completely different from each other but it is nice to have someone you know that close that i can talk to about it um but yeah girls definitely do have i mean a few things that um I think a lot of the spectrum guidelines apply mostly to boys and men. So yeah, you're you're totally right. A lot of girls do go totally undiagnosed because of that. But um, also I wanted to throw out there that uh, what you were talking about, Rowan, that is like my biggest phobia ever, like anything having to do with holes. <sighs> oh my God, it like, it, when I when I'm going through like just a rough time in general like it'll be everywhere to me like everything I look at will have something to do with it and it just freaks me out so bad um yeah that's it we will never talk about that again that's the only time we'll bring that up Beth. that's it it's over I wanted to see that my last spouse was uh, raised and socialized as a woman, but actually identifies as non-binary and it was autistic as fuck. And, um, but because he had been raised as a woman and socialized as a woman and also then became a hairstylist, which you just can't stare and look at somebody awkwardly, had grown these like social skills that covered it very well. But I remember um, like one time I woke up at four in the morning and he was like kind of stroking my arm back and forth. He has this like pattern he has when he's thinking and it was like a self-soothing thing, but he was doing it to me instead of him. And so I woke up and it's like scratch, 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 and then stop and then scratch, scratch, scratch. You know, it was like this pattern. And I was like, oh, uh, what's going on? And he was like, I, I, I know something about myself that I'm afraid to tell anybody. And I was like, okay, babe, let's hear it. You know, I think we we're just dating then. And he goes, um, I think I might 
be on the spectrum. And I was like, you are totally on the spectrum, honey. And like patted him and like, you know, rolled over. And he's like, what do you mean you've already known this? And I was like, I knew it when we were at a hula hooping class and hooping, interestingly, grabs a lot of people on the spectrum because it's rhythmic and soft and, and, but it's very self-stimulating and it's an internal activity, but you can do it with other people without having a lot of social skills. And so, um, so like I'm, Tiffany and I, our people are, you know, we know lots about this people, either diagnosed or not. Tiffany and I are both the hoopers, that's how we met. And so um, we were at Discovery Green Park and we were hooping. And then somebody that I used to date, who was a good friend of my former partner, came up and was waving. I had all these feelings about it and I wanted to talk about it. And he was like, um, I was like, why don't you go say hi? The person's name was Bobby. It's like, why don't you go say hi to Bobby? And he goes, well, actually, it didn't occur to me. I'm like, it didn't occur to you to stop hula hooping to go say hi to your friend that you hadn't seen in like three years or whatever. And they used to be super close, but because we're all navigating this weirdness, he was like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's when I knew for sure. Like, you know, there was this like total disconnect because he was busy, you know, because I was just, he goes, I was hooping and I was having such a good time by myself. And I was like, you didn't think that this is socially would look weird, right? So I just feel like I've been married over and over again to the same person. <laughs> so, um, so people with like, you know, like who are either on the spectrum autistic or something like that, you know? Um, but, and when I would say to other people, oh, you know, my spouse is on the spectrum, they would be like, no, no, she's not, she's fine. But it's because of that socializing component, right? And like we were saying before that, that women look different than men typically in their behaviors. And what if they've been, you know, socialized as a woman? But my former spouse, like his dad has no feelings. He has twin brothers who are autistic, you know, like, he has an older brother who's like, you know, like doesn't have any emotions. I'm like, your whole family is like a sea of, you know, autism. So, and then his son was also on the spectrum too. So anyway, it does look different in people who are socialized or grown up as girls or women. Um, Bev, I was going to say that I have a girlfriend in, De in Denton who has a daughter. Um, I think she's nine or 10, but she's on the spectrum. And if you want, I'm, I can reach out to her and see if she would be, you know, open to talking to you about her, her daughter, um, and the, the things that they do together, I guess, you know, and their lifestyle and, and things that help her. So, um, but yeah, she's very open about it. She talks about it a lot on social media. Um, you know, things, she talks about things that are different with her daughter. Um, so anyways. I'm totally open to making that introduction if, if you want. I know she's a total stranger, so it might be like, you know, weird, but, um, but yeah. No, I would really appreciate that. I'm cool with strangers usually. <laughs> Thank you. So is this something that you had recently diagnosed? No, it was diagnosed a few years ago, but, um, I guess uh, things are presenting themselves uh, more and more heavily, I guess. So uh, I don't need to go off topic, but I was wondering, Rowan, if you've ever heard of women steaming um, once they hit 37 weeks, like Perry steaming. Cause I just got like open to this knowledge last night and it's like been like racking my mind and kind of like blowing my mind up. And so I just wanted to, I don't know, pick your brain maybe later to see if you've ever heard of this. We can bounce back and forth between daughters with autism and steaming your perineum. We're a versatile group like that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, so off topic. I just, it's been like in my head and it's like, it's one of those things where you want to like soak up the knowledge. Like you're like, oh my God, what is that? What? And I just need, I need more, more info. No, I didn't want anyone to feel like we needed to stay on that topic. Like it's totally fine. We can move on. Well, you know, sometimes as we talk about other things, the back burner kicks up, right? So steaming. Okay. So I first learned about steaming with, um, mind abdominal massage, the Arrigo technique. And so what I know about steaming is that it's way more powerful than anybody knows. And you'll see people like, you know, rag on Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever. And like, I don't need to give my cooch a facial. And I'm like, kind of missing a bigger piece here. So 
I have not heard of steaming at 37 weeks, but I can only imagine that it's a powerful and positive idea, especially if you as the pregnant person feels like it's a good idea for your body. And um, what what was the reasons that they said for steaming? Can you tell me some of the benefits so, that indicated? So, well, I kind of, I, I, I stumbled upon this post about a woman who was steaming at the end of her pregnancy, right? And she just kind of was like, it really helped me with my labor, I, I believe, and da 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 And she said the her whole thing, her from when labor started to when labor ended was like two and a half hours. Not that I'm like, not that I'm like all about really fast births, to be honest, just because my second was four hours and it was pretty um, intense. Uh, but, um, but I just like, was like, what? Like, Parenting steaming, like while you're you're pregnant, I'd never heard of that. I've always heard about like steaming beforehand for you know hormones and and menstrual cycles and cysts and then steaming after birth and and all of that. But I'd never just heard of it during pregnancy. And so I reached out to a friend of mine who is a practitioner in um, Oman, which is overseas in, in the Arab world, um, and she was like, "Yeah," she's like, "That's totally a thing." And she kind of went on about how she's like, yeah, there are even nurses in Europe and certain countries that are trained to, um, to steam mothers who stall out in labor. Um, and to also steam if you go over and you like, you know, like you're 41 weeks and you need things to get going. Um, they use certain herbs and she described it as like, she said like, you know, when you're 37 weeks, we start you off with cooling herbs. And I have no idea what that means. Like, I don't know if it's like, you know, fruits, you have your hot fruits and your cool fruits. Um, but she was, and I don't know what kind of herbs she's talking about, but she just mentioned like cooling herbs we use and we use to like lubricate your vagina. And it also like helps soften your cervix and get everything's ready. And of course she was like, you know, you have to pass a certain thing, like, you know, such as like, you don't have any complications such as like, um, um, you're not GBS positive or, uh, diabetes or, um, you know, what you need to know where your placenta is. You don't have like, um, placenta previa, things like that. Um, and, but she was even like talking about, cause she asked me, cause I was like, well, I'm really interested in it. So I'd love to talk to you more and get like a consultation on it. And, and she was like, yeah, she was like, you know, even for GBS, she was like, if you haven't taken your test yet, if you can push it off, like we can do a steam, um, that helps like kill that bacteria, fight that bacteria. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, um, and, and so I don't know, it was just kind of like, you know, very interesting, I guess, you know, I feel like we're so in America, we're so cut off from other continents in countries because we're by ourselves and so you know i love social media but it's it's just fascinating how other countries in the world do this and it's like i just never heard of it before so it's like blowing my mind right now and um i'm kind of interested in doing it with this pregnancy just to see just the kind of experience but i'm also you know like well what are the facts like i don't want to be putting my baby in danger um with herbs and because i know herbs can be very powerful to the body now so anyways i was just wondering if any of y'all had ever heard of that well mary's looking up in the arvigo book right now and i don't think she didn't we didn't find anything mary's in here with me um i'm at the um clinic at the birth center right now but um all the things that you're saying are good and the things that you described of being gbs negative and no gestational diabetes and your placentas you know not like covering your cervix or whatever these are all low risk. So I think you can infer that if you are a low risk and under the care of a midwife, that um, it would probably be, uh, you know, not, not a good idea. Right. And so just running it by your provider. Cause I think if you took this to a doctor, they'll be like, what? But I like the idea. Like I got a little like mm, when you said for stall labors, right. I think that's when like, we really think about, um, Oh, that might be real cool. If somebody's like stalled out in labor and you want to, um, Sorry, someone came to the door. Um, if you have a stalled out labor, that's a great idea. I mean, think about being relaxed and kind of opening up and like just the energetic of it. That's real cool. That really has my mind going. So as you learn more, like totally tell me about it because I'd love to like learn more too. I'm like, Maggie, we got our plan here. <laughs> uh, oh, I just outed you. Sorry, Maggie. I'm, I'm one of Maggie's care providers. So 
Um, I went to acupuncture. Okay, so we got in a minor little car accident on Saturday. Somebody rear-ended us. My back, my lower back, which I had just gotten, like, loose and, like, ready, and I was focusing, like, her back labor is tight as a goddamn rock still. And so I went to acupuncture, and she was talking to me, actually, about steaming. But it was more like, um because she was talking about it for afterwards but she was saying that rose hips is something that you use to open your your cervical I can't remember the term she used your cervix because it, it thins it um so I don't know if that that's helpful but she was like so you don't want to use rose hips afterwards and I was like okay we were talking about aftercare postpartum steaming and she was saying rose hips is one that you don't use because it opens your shit back up so that's fun yeah in practice in the uh, malay culture as well as moroccan and pretty much all of southeast asia um it's practiced to steam every day after birth um usually like on the fourth day once your bleeding subsided you know like when it goes from like a heavy bleeding to like a medium light bleeding um and then yeah you steam every day um and there are a lot of like really great reliable sources where you can actually buy like a pack of herbs that are specific for afterbirth um steaming so you can do it at home by yourself with a crock pot and a blanket <laughs> I've only steamed a couple of times and I had um, like a, not a bidet, what is it called? Those sit baths, you know, where you put it in the bathroom, you know, but I made the water too high and then it got very, very warm and that was it. So I had a very short and brief career with, but we talked about a lot in labor whispering and stuff, so it's a good idea. Um, well, let's keep talking about this. Let's keep rock talking about it because I like the idea of steaming for, um, pelvic floor um, support and loosening and I think you know the pelvic floor doesn't get a lot of action and then when it does it's like go time so having like a gentle way to kind of wake up the pelvic floor and let it know that soon we're gonna have a baby is a good idea so thanks for bringing that up and as you learn more like see any specific trainings for or like whatever and even anecdotal or shared history of things that people have done I'm always open to look at and I am a fan of the steam, gotta say. Does anyone know about steaming um, while you have a UTI? Yes. So there are actually herbs that you can use to help for that. Um, and like UTIs, um, bacterial, any kind of bacterial infection, you can steam to help with those things. Um, I'll send, I'll post my, my link of like um, reliable herbs um or a practitioner who does steaming and she makes her bundles um and she makes them for like different women in different cases um and you can get like you know like the general idea of it uh but she also offers like consultations if you like really have like a pressing issue that you want to figure out like a, a two-month plan or three-month plan um then she can get on a schedule with you and figure that out but it do have um, herbs for UTIs. So if you're close by, I don't know where you live, but if you're close by, I'm totally fine with dropping it off because I'm not using them at all right now. But um, if you want to, I can lend you some herbs. I'm in Katie. Um, oh, shoot, girl, I'm in Katie too. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Katie, I don't know why, I don't know why I thought you lived like way out in Houston. I don't know why. I thought that, but, um, yeah, I started feeling something coming on last night and it was like a very sudden, like sharp pain. And I was like, Oh shit, what is going on? So I used some, uh, some of those boric vag pills and that seemed to help, but I, I tend to get UTIs. Like I feel like more often than a normal person. So. And would the, um, somebody here was getting bv i wonder if like do they have herbs for bv or you know do those same herbs like 
you know, that navigate UTIs, navigate BV, like, yeah, let's put that link to your um, practitioner up. I'll put in the show notes too, because it's really interesting. And now's the time that we have to like pull all our healing arch resources together. Like Maggie already talked about going to acupuncturist and like, we got to pull all our skill sets because allopathic is good and let's support it with other things too. And I want to remind people that how you believe about your belief system impacts um, the healing art system that you're engaged in, right? So like, I'm not a big fan of allopathic, so it largely doesn't work for me, big surprise. So, um, but you know, you throw some homeopathy at me and I'm like, I'm your girl. So just know that how you vibe with a, a healing practice um, also can impact its efficacy. So I just wanted to say that. So I really enjoy like yoni art and vag, vag art on Instagram. So when I do the search, it, you know, suggests me for try this steaming account, check out this, you know, vagina related thing. So a lot of what I've been seeing lately is yoni crystals, these eggs that are worn inside. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has heard of these, seen of them, experiences, I don't know. Um, but a lot of them are saying like, it's great for pelvic floor restoration for after having the baby and doing Kegels and stuff like that. Like doing Kegels with the yoni egg is like so much better because of having a rock in there, I guess, I don't know. So funny story, I got gifted a yoni egg at um, my last birth, uh, I mean, not birth, uh, baby shower. And I, I knew what it was straight away. And I was like, you know, all oh, thanks, girl. And I accidentally left it at the hostess house. And when I came back to her house, I was going to ask her about it. And then I think I forgot. And then I saw it in like her, uh, like she used it as decoration. <laughs> Like in like kitchen basket, like on the bar with like all the stuff. I was like, I don't know if I should just leave that there. Like maybe you know, and I haven't asked for it back. I was just like, you know, it looks it's just really funny to me that it's sitting there as decor and she has no idea what it is, obviously. Um and so yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to this because she'll know who she is. <laughs> That's killing me right there. That is so funny. That is so funny. So um, I used to have this postpartum group, or not postpartum group, it was um, a menopause group called the Menopause Monthly. And so uh, there's this one woman, she's, I forget her name, I'll put it in the show notes, but she's a sex ed person and she had this jade egg thing and you would buy the egg and then take the course and stuff and we're like, right on. So we all bought our eggs. I have no idea where my egg is now. And then you run a little piece of floss through it so you can like stick it up your cooch and then you can pull it out. Like it doesn't live there forever if you need help, you know, like if you have difficulty pushing it out or whatever. And so we all had these eggs and then one woman like really lost her shit like um, in my group. She went and then ordered um, like some onyx dildos and some rose quartz, this, you know, like wands and all this stuff. And, and I was really amazed at how unprofessional some of the vendors were. Like their websites were real shitty. I'm like, girl, you need to get your... Um, Am I talking weird? Everybody's adjusting their headphones now. Okay. Um, I was just, you know, like if you're going to be selling sexual health, you know, AIDS or whatever, like, you know, really own it, but have like a pro site. Don't look like, you know, you're looking at the back of some, you know, shitty magazine in the eighties. So anyway, yeah, it's a whole thing. And so this one uh, person in my group was like, yeah, I can really tell when I use the obsidian one versus the rose quartz one for like getting down with herself. I was like, go you. So she was all about it. So, yes, but that's funny about the jade egg being on somebody's counter now. You're like, oh, okay, or whatever kind of egg it was. You're like, that's right, use your decor. Nobody will know. Although that's something totally I could see myself doing 100%, but not use. You know, like, we got to keep that stuff private, but, you know. And and I didn't realize you should switch out the floss. Like, I'd never used it before, and so somebody was just like, well, it's hard to refloss it. And I was like, oh, oh, of course you would switch the floss out. I was like, 
late to the party here. But you know, like I didn't learn my JDAG hygiene or whatever in high school in my health class. So excuse me for catching up late. Anyway, so hey Tiff, why don't you share some of your favorite hashtags? I can throw that in the show notes too. Hashtag for what? Your Yoni Arts uh enjoyment. Hashtag Yoni Art. <laughs> I can look at some of my uh like favorite accounts and see what they use. Like some of them are just drawings and you know, getting out the normalcy that like every person who has a labia is gonna have one that looks different than like you said, the back of an 80s porn magazine like it's no one looks like that all the time or you know from the time they're 18 to 48 or whatever but um some of them are like mixed media which is really cool some uh, one girl I follow uses like gems and iridescent tape and stuff and um but yeah I'll (laughs) I'll give you a few hashtags Caitlin, can I share a story at your birth, from your birth? Ari, the bottom. Okay. So I always say the same thing that people, um, like vulvas, uh, you know, are like faces. We all have the same parts, but they're put together a little bit differently. So when Caitlin was having her baby, I was one of her midwives. And so um, what the other thing you learn about vulvas is that everybody wears their hair different. Like, so, because I'll be like, I'm in your hairline. I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, I got things wet. I'm like, so when Caitlin was having her baby, like it was one of the first ones where I was like repeatedly listening to fetal heart tones. And so as a midwife, you end up doing all these like kind of like crazy town, like maneuvers to listen, right? And so Caitlin had this like really great bush and it was so great because it's really, it's easier to find your markers when somebody's like pushed up. I want you to take notes here, Maggie. So, um, so, but at one point I was nervous and I had, um, the probe and I like I was almost giving her a transvaginal ultrasound because I like missed my mark you know and I was like why didn't you say anything because I couldn't hear the baby you know and and I was like oh sorry Caitlin and she was like yeah I was gonna say it I was like oh my god I wanted to die as a student midwife but I clearly survived but it is true that everybody's vulva looks different all their their hair their little parts like whatever um what's interesting to me is when I um work um sometimes I see people who have been altered either um, surgically because maybe they're sex workers or something or maybe they without consent you know and I'm like kind of really like what you know like a person like what's missing here like I don't understand and then I have to put it together and then I have to be chill about it right like you know oh my god that you know like I have to have some some game face about it so it's true we all look different and some are altered some aren't some people have piercings some don't yeah well it's all part of it Ooh, look at that I totally don't remember my transvaginal ultrasound. I don't remember that at all. I was so into the because I was down. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was like in the like knees, chest, death sentence. Uh, the first time or the second time, I don't know. I don't remember Jack Diddley <laughs> the whole thing for the most part. I remember screaming that I wanted my C-section for an hour, and you guys were like, "That was like ten minutes." I don't remember jack shit. My friend who's also, she's due three days after me. um, She was like, yeah, I I went and got waxed. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I've only ever been waxed once. And I was like 19 years old. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, (laughs) why would I need to go do this again? And then she was like, yes. So the doctors can find everything. And I was like, but isn't that like kind of, shouldn't they know? Like, you shouldn't have to wax so that they can find everything. Like, maybe just trim it up a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been able to see my vagina in months. It's a, I tried shaving once, and I, Michael was like, yeah, so did what happened? <laughs> like, it's all uneven, and like, you have, like, a line right here. And I was like, I don't care. Like, at least it's not uncomfortable now. <laughs> like, this is, this is the way my vagina is. I remember. <laughs> I can see it again. <laughs> I remember with my first pregnancy, I, we had to go to a pool party and I was like, oh God. So I was like, Nathan, I need you to like fix everything. And so I don't even know what he did. All I know is that like he tried. 
So yeah, no. Forget it. Trying to work around a belly, forget that. I think I remember um, with my first birth, uh, as I was getting stitched up by my midwife, the the, the birth assistant, um, she said something that kind of made me be like, what? But I had just given birth to a baby, so I was really like, no fucks gives, right? <laughs> no fucks givens. But um, she was like, and and what about like the rest of that? And my midwife was like, oh, that's, that's all vulva. <laughs> I was like, like how different does my look to yours like I was very kind of like why does it look strange does it need to be stitched up I don't know like what um so I don't know why women say those things I don't know why uh we judge each other so much on our body parts but uh yeah pregnancy I use a mirror I have to shave once a month I have to because things get too long and they pull on me and I'm like Nope. So I get down and squat and use a mirror, but I'm also blessed to be able to do the Asian squat. And I was telling, I was showing my husband actually last night because he didn't believe that I could actually squat down all the way down on my feet um, and get back up while eight and a half months pregnant. And I was like, let me show you my jeans, my Asian jeans. I got my, my flexible Achilles. <laughs> One of the first I'm, a sh I'm a shaver and I definitely oh. cannot squat, especially when I'm oh. pregnant. I cannot squat. Mm -hmm. Really, Bob? I thought you could. I can't. <laughs> I can't. And I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess when I'm pregnant. Like, I get out of the shower to like look at what's going on. I'm like, oh my God, I <laughs> so many patches. <laughs> I'm squatting right now. <laughs> now that you can tell because it looks like I'm at the beach, but I'm squatting right now. <laughs> Got to get those hips ready. Right. Get ready for your steaming. I thought you were on a birth ball because of how you're moving around and stuff. At the beginning I was, and then I, the ball was not, not, not happening. So I just jumped off of it. Got it, got it. Well, we've me meandered all over the place where you talked about yoni art, uh, jade eggs or yoni eggs as decor. And then Mama D's putting some good quotes in the chat here on places that she gets her herbs from. And um, you people and Katie can all connect. Ugh. Oh, and gifts on the spectrum for sure. We talked about that. Oh, girls on the spectrum. So um, we'll just keep thinking about this, Bev, on ways that we can support or any ideas that we have, and we can keep adding them in the um, after party group on Facebook. And if you're listening to this later and have thoughts for Bev, you're welcome to post those as well. I wish Martha had been here because she probably has some insight on that. Um, but she said she was jumping on a Zoom call for the union. You know, she works for um, the alley or someplace. So. Okay, well, we'll just keep thinking about it. But I think the biggest thing that I want to give you props for, Bev, is that your daughter could come and talk to you. And that's great. That's really great. Good deal, good deal. Well, we're 11.51, so we're kind of winding up here. Does anybody have a burning desire or anything they need to get looked at by the group or that you want to just get off your chest? We're all just looking at each other. Okay, okay. Well, uh, Mama D and Mags, why don't you, uh, Maggie, why don't you guys uh, say anything about your birth, how many weeks you are, or anything that you need extra support as you come up into your birthing time? Um, I'm 35 weeks on Thursday. This baby is in my pelvis as of. I don't know, yesterday maybe. I'm not, I want sleep. I want, I want to sleep. I'm not sleeping consistently. Like I sleep for like four hours and then I'm like, oh, hey, you should probably eat something and pee five times. And 
pee another five times. And even like, if I'm not, because you know, you just, they say like, oh, well, drink a little bit less water, or just sip on it. I'm, I am sipping water and I'm still peeing like a bajillion times. So I talked to my husband this morning and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to try and sleep on the couch tonight because then I can sleep kind of sitting up. It's firmer than our bed and our bed is really firm. Um, and just try and hope that I can get some sleep because I know once this baby comes with having the four-year-old, we're going to be up at 7.30 regardless doing, you know, activities with him and sleep is going to be wanted. Um, so diet's good. Sleep is missed. I miss it. I want it. I'm a, I like it. And um, that's, so if you could just send me some sleep in forms of disease, uh, that would be cool. But I, I'm doing pretty good. I started um, slowly packing my go bag. Got the uh, Owlet all charged up, Rowan. And then um, I'm not. Wait, do you want to tell people while you're, why you're doing the Owlet? So, um, I got the outlet because, uh, most of you know, I tested positive for COVID and a lot of babies who are being born to mothers who, um, have tested positive, even if they're not still positive are showing signs of respiratory issues and it, and it's happening really quickly. Um, so my best friend like I put it on my registry and my best friend was like, oh, here, let me get this for you because I know it'll be like the most sound peace of mind thing that I can get you. She's amazing. She's, she's been freaking, she dropped us off a giant box of vegetables last week. Speaking of microgreens, there was some arugula, baby arugula microgreens that are spicier than regular arugula and they're amazing. Um, but so we had the Owlette ready. I charged it up and hooked it up to the phones yesterday. Um, I kind of wish it had like a monitor that I could just stick in my room because I hate having my phone on at night, but it doesn't. So we'll make do with that. And then, um, yeah, if you, it's kind of funny. I'm going through like my brain list of things for a go bag and I'm like, I don't even remember what I brought last time. I don't, and this time's going to be so different that I'm like trying to like make just like a generalized list. Like, oh, bring your toothbrush because you love brushing your teeth. You don't brush your hair, so fuck that. You don't need a hairbrush. And then I was looking at like, you know, those like Mexican dresses, the pajama dresses is what I call them. I was like, oh, that would be perfect. I was like, oh, wait, I don't have one that I can nurse in. And then, so I started looking at it to try and figure out if I can sew one in. And then I remembered my sewing machine's broken. So I was like, all right, well, so trying to navigate. I could sew it by hand. That's, I just don't know if I have time. So um, if you have ideas on go bag essentials and um, sleeping tactics, I am open to receiving all of that information. Rowan, have you taught her how to pillow or taught her husband how to pillow? Are you doing that at night to help sleep? Okay. Um, yeah, I have a hard time sleeping, but magnesium oil really helps me sleep as well as Headspace. Um, they're little like storytelling uh, sleepy time stories. Those help me sleep too, really fast. Um, well, I'm sorry, I don't have any advice on bags because I don't burn, so everything is here. Um, but I went to see my midwife last week, and she was like, you know, mapping out baby, and because uh, I was really actually interested to see like if baby was breached or not, because like I felt her flip one night. And, um, but she's head down. So she probably was like flipping from breach to head down. Um, but, uh, she was like, Patty was like, whoa, she's really in, uh, I prefer the oils. I don't know 
what you just in your chat. The magnesium oil in pills or liquid drops. So I, I actually have a spray um, oil and it's from Fertile Alchemy, who is a, a mother here in Houston who runs her own business um, with like fertility oils and things like that. But she also does magnesium oil. And I've just found like great success with her stuff. Um, but I'll also, I'll post that link in like another magnesium oil spray. Oh, spray oil to digest. Um, anyways, the Patty was like, she's like really hanging into your right hip. And she asked me, she's like, are you in pain? And I was like, no, should I be in pain? I don't know. Um, but all as well, I'm starting to feel a lot of like uh lower back pain, but not like, um, it's like my ribs. It's like the back of my ribs that hurt. And I've never felt that before. So I guess it's like mid back, mid back, but it's my lower ribs. I'm getting a massage today though, and I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping that will help ease tension um, and help me sleep. So maybe a massage might help you too. Um, especially since you just had that car accident. So that's all that's going on here with the birth, birth, birth stuff. Getting, getting ready. Alrighty. And it is interesting, like thinking about things you're going to take to a birth center. Cause on the birth center, like if you were, um, your Mexican house dress, those beautiful dresses, um, a house dress home, like you're just wearing it home. You don't like, unless you're going to, you know, nurse in the backseat of the car, you probably won't. So like, you just kind of wear whatever. And then, uh, like whatever you're birthed in. And then, uh, when we get you kind of like ready to roll home, that's what you would wear home. It's something loose and easy to slip on. So that's kind of the easy part there. So, okay. Well, folks, we're here at 12 o'clock and I have a bunch of links that I'm going to be putting in our show notes and I may or may not get that done today. And uh, I think it's a really good idea that I'll let, I like 100% support that idea. And with the respiratory distress on the babies, we should see it within the first 10 minutes. So like I'm going to have like some eagle fucking eyes on this baby. Um, hopefully I'm uh, Maggie's midwife who's going to deliver, help her deliver this baby and grow a family. But um, just for anybody who's listening now, if you're bringing a baby home and you have any concerns, buying one of those outlets is one of the best things you can do and just to kind of give you peace of mind and stuff. So, all right, well, Bev, you're in our hearts and your daughter's in our heart and we'll keep thinking about that for you. And as a community, we love you and I'm glad everybody showed up today. And uh, Mama D, keep rocking that look. Oh, I need to say I got some new earrings. You can't really see them. Okay, here they are. And so um, I had some other ones, the turquoise, and uh, I just lose them all the time so much so that the lady sends me three at a time now. Thank you, lady. When I buy them from Etsy and I notice these are bigger. So each year, each time when I buy more, they're bigger. So I'm getting bigger hoops every time. So yeah, I'm wearing some bigger hoops for you. And I just have bigger drivers. I just put them on and this is what it is. I just wear them until they fall out or whatever. So I don't have time to dick around chasing my earrings. So big old hoops with turquoise on them. Here we are. Um, was it oh one day uh in the beginning caitlin wore a red dress for us i remember that day and then mama d you had your eyelashes at the same day we were like looking super good for each other yeah. okay oh one last question um with the magnesium oil is that spray to like rub on your legs or whatever or do you spray it in your mouth mama d, that's yeah i spray it to rub on my legs and my butt and the bottom of my feet hips everything that's like fatty just yeah. like everything right now <laughs> you just be as fat as you want to okay well i, I will say that with the spray just a heads up it does taste really bad um so uh if you're licking body parts after spraying it not a good idea just just as a heads up. and you maybe don't want that in the um you know good china either so because think of anything that's super vascular or super thin skin, like your mouth or other parts of your body. Um, you don't kind of want that in there because the, it's a really thin permeable layer and it might burn. But I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Unmute yourself. 
We love each other. I'll see you next week. Next week. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.